Zach from NASCAR Nonstop joins us on the show today, and we look ahead to the Toyota Safe Mart 350 at Sonoma Raceway. That and more on this episode of The Stage Break. Episode number 13 is underway. My name is Josh, and I'd like to welcome you back to the stage break. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much for checking it out. I hope you enjoy the show that we've got lined up for you today. Well, just to start off with just by highlighting very quickly what happened last weekend at Gateway, uh, formerly known as Gateway, Worldwide Technology Raceway. Congratulations to Kyle Busch on getting his third win of the season. That ties uh, Willie B with three wins uh, also this season. And it's very impressive, in my opinion, for a few reasons. One, this is his first year with RCR. I mean, we can't, like, he, he's got this, there's only one time you have a first year with somebody, and, and here he's making it count. And he's got three wins under his belt. And they're three different kinds of tracks. He, he won at Talladega, he won at Auto Club, and now he's here at uh, Worldwide Technology Raceway. So, Three different styles, three different types of racing, and uh, he, he's made it count. So three wins for him. Good job to them and the eight team. Uh, so, I mean, the fact that this is his first year with RCR, that makes it impressive in my book. It's, but also, uh, he finished second last year with uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, and then he backed that up with a win this year. So uh, I could see there being a lot of potential for uh, just not having the same kind of car you know, the because you're switching teams, everything's changed, everything's new. It would make sense to me to think that uh, you would expect him to maybe have to play catch up a little bit, kind of like what Brad Keselowski had to do whenever he shifted over to the six and uh, and joined and uh, part you know partnered up and created RFK. So uh, you, you kind of saw him kind of take a step back for a while, but now they're building some momentum. I uh, kind of expected that a little bit, but that's not what we're seeing. So he uh, got second last year. Uh, with JGR, came back and got the win this year and has uh, the best average finish of any driver out there of, I guess that would be, what, one, 1. 1.5. So um, good job to him. And also also this, this is another, probably the biggest reason, in my opinion, why this is impressive. They didn't have any SMT data for most of the race. I don't know, uh, I, I noticed that there was maybe a little something off on the TV broadcast, but I didn't notice it enough to really dig into it and figure out what was going on. But they had like a pretty major internet outage while they were there. The race was going on, and uh, all of all of a sudden, the uh, from my understanding is the data that they have in front of them at the pit box that's showing all the telemetry of the car and lap times and uh, you know the kind of the simulated maps of of where the cars are and the lines that they're running. All of that disappeared, and so they had to kind of go back to an old school way of of doing NASCAR with uh, adjustments and really basing it not just off of the not well not that's not the right way to say it not basing it off of driver input and data that they have available but also I mean but really just doing it off of what the driver says like they can look at lap times and they can maybe visually see lines and how things look compared to other people but it's not as minute and scientific as the old school way and they had to do that here at Gateway 
And it was more on the, I think it's more on the driver to communicate to the crew chief, hey, here's what I'm feeling and, and here's what I think will fix it, as opposed to, hey, I'm loose. And then the, the, the teams and the engineers and, and, and all the guys sitting on the pit box and everywhere else, they go and, and look at, okay, what's, what's going on with the data? He's saying it's loose. What might be causing it to be loose and how can we fix that? It's kind of like, well, he says it's loose. Maybe we can try this. And, and just, it's, I think, a little bit more, uh, um, just like, like I said, old school. Like, they, they've got to just kind of figure it out as they go. And I think that may have played into Kyle's hand a little bit. Uh, from my understanding, he's the kind of driver that doesn't just tell you what's wrong. I think he gives you some input onto what it needs uh, in order to fix it. So he has a good understanding of the physics of a car, how it works, how the, you know, the weight shifts and and um, the uh, adjustments that they can make on the right rear and the left rear springs and, and all that that goes into that, I think uh, his knowledge of that probably was a huge asset to the eight team so that whenever uh, he, he needed to make an adjustment to his car, he, along with his crew chief, could uh, kind of pool their resources, so to speak, into being uh, effective whenever they came in for a pit stop. Uh, I think maybe some teams didn't have that, uh, which maybe led to... Uh, some of the the guys that you would think to be pretty impressive or, or fairly consistent, uh, maybe not being as consistent or as much in the hunt at, at Gateway as maybe you would expect. So, I, I, it just I don't know. It's impressive to me. Just these guys didn't have the data in front of them to go on, and yet they still find a way to pull it off. So, so good job to them and uh, impressive win for Kyle Busch there, second last year and first this year. So good weekend, good race. Really enjoyed it. And uh, looking ahead to the next weekend at Sonoma. Well, I'm excited to have another guest with us this week. Zach from NASCAR Nonstop will be with us for the rest of the show. Zach, welcome to the stage break. Thank you, Josh. Uh, I'm excited to hop on a podcast. I've only had, or I've only been on a couple podcasts in my life, so I enjoy doing them. So figured I'd give this one a shot. Yeah, yeah, I. I enjoy. I've, I've been on one before and then been making this one for a little bit, and uh, it's a lot of fun, uh, especially around the subject of NASCAR. You get me talking about cars and racing, I can I can talk all day. Well, how about for people that maybe haven't heard of you, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, for maybe those that aren't familiar with what NASCAR Nonstop is, maybe just give them a little summary. Uh, my name's Zach. Um, I'm, a, I'm going into my junior year in college at High Point University. And NASCAR Nonstop is a Instagram page um, posting all about news, updates on the sport. Um, I started it back in 2019, and since then I've became more consistent with it, trying to get out better news. So I just try to post constant updates on that page. So if you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. Yeah, for sure. I've I've looked at your stuff, and uh, it's it's good good content and. Uh... Um, you know, just, just about the quickest one out there as far as, you know, just staying up to date and, and getting content in a, in a hurry. So if you're on Instagram, you know, you can um, just make sure you have your notifications turned on uh, and be notified whenever he posts something and you'll get some of the latest news as it comes out. So what led you to creating NASCAR nonstop? So I'm, I'm from Boston, Massachusetts, and up here there's not a lot of NASCAR fans. So I didn't have anyone to talk to about NASCAR. And I was bored one day, so I'm like, I'm going to create an Instagram page. Um, made the page and tried to find people to talk to just about the sport. I didn't, it, it started off as a page. Like, yeah, I posted the news, I posted who won each race, but I didn't mean it to be anything. 
just somewhere where I could talk about the sport with other people that would actually listen to what I have to say about it. And that's what create, made me want to create it, and it worked out. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I, I can understand a, a little bit about uh, uh, some of just not having uh, like a huge friend group or, or people that you would talk to locally about NASCAR. My grandfather really enjoyed NASCAR, um, but you know, NASCAR was cool. You know, I was, always enjoyed watching the cars go fast, and obviously as a kid you look for the wrecks and the carnage and that kind of thing. But I uh, didn't have, uh, um, like, I, I never really went to races, so I can kind of sympathize a little bit with you about that. Uh, but uh, so that's that's kind of cool, just trying to connect with people, and, and, and it's grown from that. So uh, you have a, a, a pretty pretty big number of people following you. So it's it started out small and maybe nothing more than, like, just connecting with other NASCAR fans, and it's kind of grown into something a lot bigger, right? Sir, uh, it did grow over the years. Um, I was in the same boat as you. I I didn't have many people to talk to. Uh, the only one I, I talked to NASCAR about was my dad. Um, my friend group didn't watch NASCAR, so my dad was always a guy to talk to, but I wanted more people to talk to. So since creating it, it has grown. Um, I tried to now have like a journalist presence on it, on Twitter too. And I'm excited to see where it goes in the future. Yeah. So do you have, have you had some really cool experiences? I've seen some stuff on Instagram on some of the stuff that you've posted, uh, but like, you know, just maybe highlight some of the cool things that you've been able to do because of this media outlet that you've created. Of course. So one, one pretty cool experience I've had was um, the first time I met Dale Jr. It was Richmond, the Richmond playoff race in 2021. And he was running the Xfinity race that weekend in that blue number eight car um and i i was watching or walking around richmond waiting to try to run into dale in the garage and everything i never got the chance so right when they were about to start the race about to fire the engines i ran right over to dale's car and they kicked everyone off of pit road so i had no opportunity to go up to him right i was like screw it i'm gonna go say hi to dale (laughs) so i walked I walk over the wall. I, I filmed it. It's one of the um, pinned posts on my page. Um, and I said, I said something like, go get him, Dale. I gave him a fist bump. He gave it back and then a thumbs up. And that, that was pretty cool because I grew up a Dale Jr. fan uh, ever since I was three. Uh, I was rooting for the Budweiser 8 car. So it was, it was pretty cool being able to see Dale Jr. in person, wish him luck before a race. Um, give him a fist pump, all, all that makes makes race fans happy. So it sure made me happy. And into Dale many times um, afterwards, and he's he's a great guy, super nice in person. He's always welcoming. So stuff like that is what motivates me to make the NASCAR NASCAR better. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And if, if I'm not mistaken, um, I, I think – maybe you even said in a comment or or maybe it was a comment under a post that you made uh, it seemed to highlight that uh, Dale appreciated the content that you've been making yes so that was at Martinsville in 2022 uh, when he when he was doing the other Xfinity race the year after in the Hellman's car um, I was there I got to Martinsville super early um, but I didn't I, once again I didn't run into Dale because I think he waits around a little bit before showing his face at a track 
um, I saw Dale on pit road and earlier that morning, I, or the day before I posted a video of him and Kevin Harvick commentating in the booth at Sonoma back in like 2003. And I woke up that day and he put that post on his story. So I went up to him and I told him, I told him that post on your story is from my account. Thank you for putting on your story. I really appreciate it. And he said, uh, yeah, it's great stuff, man. Um, I love, I love what you post. And what's cool is I have a photo from when I was having that conversation with Dale. And if you hold the low, the live photo down, you can hear Dale say, love your stuff, man. It's great content. So I, I do rewatch that a couple of times <laughs> um, throughout the yeah. years. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That'd be a, that'd be a really cool memory to have. Later that day too, I got another video. Uh, another pretty cool video of him drinking beers with Fredo and other Xfinity drivers after the race. Um, that that post was fun to get. Again, these this is all content that if you go check out Zach's page, you'll be able to see it. But uh, you've been able to you know just kind of put some um, stuff together where you know you're able to connect and interact and you know just take pictures with a lot of different drivers. Uh, you know Anthony Alfredo, I know you mentioned there and. Uh, the one on the the post for this episode, uh, Noah Gregson. Um, it just uh, I, I forget. I mean, there's there's a, there's a bunch that you've been able to connect with. So that that's really cool that uh, you're able to you know kind of mingle with these drivers and and connect with them a little bit, and then for them to also to have uh, some understanding of um, NASCAR nonstop and and to be able to you know follow your content and them to appreciate that as well. That's that's really neat. So what, what does the future hold for NASCAR nonstop? Do you have any kind of plans or goals that you've set for yourself? I have two more years of college, so I'm going to try to keep doing the same thing I've been doing. I, well, I, I've started vlogging the races I go to on my YouTube, and so I'll keep trying to do that for when I get back down to North Carolina in college. Um, I can't go to any races up here in Boston. The only one I have is New Hampshire. So try to keep doing the same content I've been doing, growing my page for the next few years. And then once I graduate, I want to try to work in public relations in NASCAR. Uh, so I'm hoping to find a job there once I graduate. My major is social media and digital communications at college. So hopefully when I graduate, I can find a job in NASCAR with some social media usage. Yeah, that would be, that'd be really awesome to be able to Work for the people that you enjoy watching every week, right? Yeah, that's that's the dream right there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So what's the best way for people to find you and connect with you? Obviously, there's Instagram. That's where it all started, and I think primarily where it's at. But uh, you mentioned uh, Twitter and YouTube. Um, but what are the places where pe- if people want to follow you or see some of the content that you're creating, uh, where can they find you? Uh, the main spot's NASCAR nonstop. Um, I'm pretty good at answering DMs. I'd say. Um, there's my personal Instagram page in my in my bio that you guys can message me there or check me out there. I have Twitter. It's, I think it's Zach Arnold 88 And then my YouTube is NASCAR Nonstop. So those are the main spots where I'll be at. Um, pretty good at answering, I'd say. But if I miss your message, just message me again. And then uh, you have a website as well also. And uh, notice that you got some merch on there. I do. Uh, if you guys want to buy some merch, 
be my guest. <laughs> um, I created that website a couple months ago um, in hopes to have like a more of a journalist aspect on it so I can write, you know, race recaps or news updates. I've been slacking on it recently, but I'm, I'm going to try to throughout the summer get, get it really going and write more stuff there. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of, lot of different places for uh, people to find you. Um, yeah. He's, he's got the vlogs and stuff that he makes uh, when he goes to the races on YouTube. Obviously the primary thing is Instagram. So uh, for those of you on Instagram, be sure to follow him and uh, have those notifications turned on so that you don't miss anything that he posts uh, and uh, stay up to speed with uh, the current NASCAR news as it comes out. So looking ahead to this weekend, we've got the Toyota Save Mart 350 at Sonoma Raceway. Just to give you some fast facts about uh, the track and everything here, it's a two-mile track. It's uh, technically 1.99 miles, but uh, we'll just call it a two-mile track. It has 11 turns and 160 foot of elevation change. Uh, looking, at, looking at this race, something that uh, we did, I believe, at Coda that we're doing again this year, that NASCAR is doing again, is they are having stage stages for sake of counting points, but they are not doing st- full course cautions for the stage breaks. And kind of like we talked about last time they did this, it, it really kind of pinned uh, the, the drivers into two strategies. Either you stay out for the, the stage points and then lose your track position, or you come in early before the stage end, do your pit stop, and then you've got, uh, you know, when, the, when this, the caution comes out and the guys that stayed out come in, then you regain that track position. So that was kind of your two options, and it was kind of like, which one do you want? So they're trying to avoid that, and, and they've got this set up now where there are no cautions, but uh, whenever the stage break lap comes around, whatever order they're in, that'll be the points that they're allotted, 1 through 10, and then, uh, but they'll keep racing. No caution is going to come out for that. So that's going to play into the strategies a good bit because you might see some drivers try to do a two-stop race where they only come in twice, maybe in the middle of stage, you know, a little after stage one and then, you know, early to mid stage three. Uh, you might see a three-stop strategy. I mean, who knows? There's there's a lot of different things that can happen now. And and plus, the, the full course cautions that do come out because of an incident because they're unexpected, that's really going to be the game changer that will play into uh, whether you know whether or not you switch up your strategy. So if a, if a full course caution comes out at an opportune time, maybe you do take that extra pit stop that you weren't planning on doing before, and maybe you don't. So it just kind of depends on what these teams are doing. But uh, we're not going to see full course cautions at the stage breaks. Uh, you will have the, the stage lengths, though. Stage 1 will end at lap 25, stage 2 at lap 55, and stage three at 110. So 110 lap race. There's a 25 lap stage, a 30 lap stage, and then the final uh, race to the checkers, 55 laps. And then the fuel window, it's about 42 to 44 laps. Uh, For these cars, that's about four miles to the gallon. Not that great uh, if you're driving around town, but uh, I'm guessing they can handle it on the racetrack. Um, And so it kind of just the strategy on when to come in, when to pit, it's, I mean, like I said, it's either probably a two or three uh, going into the race, and if there are some major incidents that that pull out the full course caution, that that could switch things up a bit. But uh, I think you're really just kind of down between a two stop and a three stop race. I don't think uh, I'm not exactly sure where it would come out in in all of the la- like in the the big picture, but uh, I don't think you're going to see that final pit stop before 
lap 71 because at lap 71 that gives these drivers enough fuel to get to the end and have a little bit left over for a green white checker if that's the the nature of the event and and what happens so that final stop's probably not going to come before lap 71 uh, but uh, somewhere around there i think you may see some drivers come in and that be their expected time that where they they're they're not coming in anymore that's that's it so they come in they make that final stop and what they got is what they got so uh, we'll have to see how that plays out, but uh, it's definitely going to be interesting for sure. What are your thoughts on NASCAR getting rid of the stage breaks at um, road courses? I liked it. Yeah, I, th- I thought that worked really well when they did that. I, I did too. I, I liked it. Um, when they had stage breaks on road courses, it kind of ruined the overall strategy of the race. There wasn't really a strategy. Like you said, you knew the two outcomes of what's going to happen. You're either going to get stage points or the track position. Um, so I, I'm glad that rule is in play. Um, and it was pretty cool seeing them end the stage but continue racing at the same time. Well, it's definitely a lot more for these teams to handle as far as strategy goes. But I think it's a really good thing for NASCAR to do. It removes expectations. And, you know, we, we just knew what was coming. We knew what the strategies are going to be. We knew what was, what was going to happen at the stage breaks. So now we've got more unexpected things that could happen and we just don't know when a caution's coming out we don't know when teams are going to pit and so i think it opens up opportunities for the teams but for us as fans it makes the race more exciting to watch which is a really good thing so let's move on to these picks so zach who are the three drivers that you're going to be watching this weekend i will my my picks for this weekend were in xfinity aj allmendinger and then cup aj allmendinger i think he's going to sweep the weekend I hope to see it. Um, he always finds a way to, I guess, ruin it at Sonoma. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully, this weekend he can get it done. We all know he's a good enough road racer that it's not crazy that saying AJ will win this weekend. Um, I'm excited to see the Xfinity cars at Sonoma. That'll be fun. I think he'll he'll dominate that race. He has the experience on it. I mean, Kyle Larson's in it in the Hendrick Xfinity car, so that'll be a challenge. Um, Ty Gibbs is there too, but I suck with AJ. I hope AJ sweeps the weekend in both Xfinity and Cup. Um, and another driver who I th- who I like is Chris Busher. I posted about him this morning. He has six top tens in his last seven road, road course starts. Um, he finished second to Daniel Suarez at Sonoma last year. I think he'll be one to watch. And another driver I'm going to say is Chase Elliott. He needs to win to make the playoffs. I'm sure he's any more confident than going to a road course to get the win. I I know he has a lot of pressure on him to win. Um, so I'm going to say Chase Elliott, he's, he's won there before. He'll be my third one to watch. Yeah, those are all solid picks. And with Chase, he's got the best average finish in this Gen 7 car at Sonoma. So he's got a some some good history behind him at this track. And, and yeah, as you said, he's got the motivation. Uh, he, he has to win. So uh, it's, you know, it's probably a, a good weekend for him with all the, the success and the good finishes that they've had in the past. So three drivers I'm going to look at. First of all, I've got Kyle Busch down. I know that he won last week. Um, and it it's, might just seem like a, uh, an easy pick to make, but I've got a reason for it. You know, 
his Joe Gibbs racing finishes at Sonoma weren't that great, but earlier this year he finished second at Coda. So uh, with RCR, the the road course program seems to be a little bit better for him, and he does have that that momentum from winning last week. So I think if uh, they put things together, there's a, a good chance that he'll at least be a contender, uh, if not maybe in it uh, for the win. Um, I've also got Kyle Larson down there. You know, he won this race in 2021, um, and he's he's already got two wins plus the All Star win, uh, but two regular season wins, and he's probably looking to tie the three win season that Kyle Busch and uh, William Byron have, and so maybe get up there and have three winners with uh, three wins under their belt this season. I think he can do well, and you know, it's, he's kind of uh, had some rough weeks here and there. Uh, but this is this is kind of the situation where I think he might be able to thrive uh, in a road course environment where it's kind of more, um, you know, just independent decisions. It's not so much other people taking you out like would be like on a super speedway or, or anything like that. It can still happen, obviously. But I think the chances of that are a little bit less at a road course, maybe not at the restarts. But as the run goes on, it's, you know, you hit your marks and you make wise decisions about how to pass people. And I think he's really good at that. And then another one, I don't know. I've got a few written down here. I'm going to go, obviously, you, you got to look at Daniel Suarez because he won last year. He's looking to defend his title. Haven't seen a, a ton of, I don't know how you'd say it. I mean, he hasn't been a huge contender in my mind each and every week. Uh, but I don't know that he was that way either last year. So I don't think that last year was just a one-off thing. I, I think he still has the ability to, to do well. So, I mean, he, he's one that's kind of on my list. But the, the third one that I'm going to pick is Austin Sendrick. So, Austin Sendrick, he's only got one cup race here at Sonoma, and that was last year. He started in 25th, but he finished P5, and he's a good road racer. So, uh, if he gets the, the right scenarios and everything lines up for him, they bring a good car, and uh, he qualifies well, gets up towards the front, and executes, I think he could be a contender to win as well. So Kyle Busch, Kyle Larson, um, Austin Sendrick, um, really I think are going to be contenders this week. Um, and Zach, your picks are great too. So who do you think is going to be um, a contender this week? Who are your ones to watch? Something I'm going to try to do is put out a post every Saturday that uh, says something along those lines. And so uh, feel free to check it out on Instagram and leave in the comments under that who are your cars, who, who are your ones to watch at Sonoma. Do you have an Xfinity pick? Do you have anything written down for that? I do not. I do not have an Xfinity pick. I can just throw one out on the fly. Um, let's see here. Justin Allgaier got uh, – he probably should have won that race last week. So he's probably got some drive to get up there and uh, and contend for the win here at Sonoma. Um, but like you say, A.J. Allmendinger is a good pick. Um, and there's a lot of cup guys in this Xfinity race. So there is. I, I feel like – you know any of the cup guys? You put them in an Xfinity car. They're there. You got to watch them. So um, I'm trying to remember all the ones that are in it. I think uh, uh, is William Byron in a car. I think and Kyle Larson. Uh, uh, we have Ty Dillon, Daniel Suarez, uh, Almendinger, Larson, Gibbs, Almarola, Balicki, and Chastain. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a, there's a, a good list of cup drivers in this Xfinity race. I'll go with Ty Gibbs too. I mean, he's he was really strong, and obviously, you know, last year's Xfinity champion. So uh, he he's he's got some experience for his young age and and some discernment on how to handle a car. So I think uh, I think you could keep an eye on him as well. 
Well, Zach, thank you so much for spending some time on the show with me today. I've really enjoyed it. I hope you have a good day. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. Um, I had fun. I always look forward to doing stuff like this. So if you ever need another guest, let me know. And, yeah, have a good day, too. I'll do that. That's Zach from NASCAR Nonstop. Be sure to check him out on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Check out his website. Give him some follows. And, uh, and thanks again for coming on the show. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of The Stage Break. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, go ahead and share it with someone. Share it with a friend. Get the word out that this show exists. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the race at Sonoma. And we'll catch you at the next Stage Break.